are you humble enough to say, I've achieved this or I feel like I am at this level when God says, I want you to take a step back. I want you to turn around and run maybe in the direction that doesn't look like it's the promotion. It actually looks like a demotion. Are you humble enough to say, it looks like the wrong direction, God, but I'm going to trust you that it's the right way. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome to another brand new, super fresh edition of the Autumn Miles Show. Man, I love y'all out there. I just love ya. I just do. You are part of my family. You know, if you don't if you don't have a family or you don't feel a part of your family, you're a part of my family. And I pray for you and I think of you often. Um, and I just love what God is doing amongst our community, guys. It's really, really cool to hear from you. It's super, super cool to get your comments and your inbox messages and your emails. And the other day, someone was like, Will you do a birthday? Thing for my wife. And I thought it was so awesome because this husband wrote in and said, do you do, do birthday messages? My wife's having a birthday. And like I, nothing in my life makes me more excited than celebrating people. I love birthdays. I love holidays. And so Cassie was talking to me about this opportunity. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. So um, I just, I love hearing from you. We are a family here. There's lots of us. There's thousands of us guys. And gosh, I just love y'all so much. We have a lot to get to. The Lord has very specifically told me and just burdened. I'm not quite ready to let the wilderness go. And to be honest, I don't think you are either. (laughs) So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to go a little bit longer on the wilderness because it's just striking chords with people. I think the Lord is just kind of resting his favor on this topic right now, it's very, very clear that a lot of y'all are in a wilderness of some sort. Um, And so we're going to just camp for another couple of weeks. Um, Then we're going straight into Thanksgiving because I'm obsessed with gratefulness. And it's amazing what God does in our Thanksgiving, what he does in our praise Uh, So we'll talk about that. And then December, y'all, it is like four straight weeks of Christmas because I am obsessed with the Christmas story. And, you know, it's kind of why we all are here, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's what's coming up. Okay. Speaking of Christmas, what's going on in my life? You guys, so all, all the kids, I have all the kids. Last week I was traveling and... I get on FaceTime with Moses and Haven, my seven-year-olds, and they're like, Mom, we got the Target Christmas Black Friday paper in the mail. Why are these people? Like, like, I feel like there's, like, Black Friday now starts in May. Why is it so early? I have no idea why it's so early, but Black Friday is starting earlier and earlier. It's not Black Friday anymore. It's like Black May, June, July, August, September, October, November. Like, I mean, we're at the beginning of October and they've already got like the the thing in the mail, which, you know, whatever. So they have started this thing where 
they will go through all of our uh, newspapers and stuff like that that we get in. I love to see like the William Sonoma um, magazine, Christmas magazine, and like all of that stuff. But it is coming really early. I feel like I looked at it in August this year. Uh, so they get the Target one, and they know mom and dad are Santa Claus because we've never told them there's a Santa Claus. Um, and so I think last uh, two years ago, Moses is like, oh, we know you're Santa mom. And I'm like, yes, yes, you're a very smart child. So because they know, they and they've never not known because we never told them there was one, um, they take these magazines and they circle what they want, Okay. When I got off the plane last week and came home, one of the very first things that they did was bring me the Target magazine where they both had gone through meticulously, guys, meticulously, every single page, like every page. Like they went through like, you know, the food page, they went through the hardware page, all the pages. And they had circled everything that they would like for Christmas. I was going to kick out of it. This this poor Target magazine was tattered. It was ripped. There was things, like, cut out of it because Haven is super big on, like, um, cutting things out of it so that she can, you know, really make sure that we see and show us on a regular basis. Uh, so they brought this magazine to me, and I'm looking through it, and um, it's very interesting what my kids want. A Christmas ham was circled, which is great. I like ham, and apparently they want a whole ham <laughs> for Christmas. So, you know, um, I guess we'll be buying them some some protein for Christmas. My daughter wants a USB cable and I really don't know why but it's circled with an H so that's what they do they circle it and they put an H or an M which is great it's awesome um, I'm, I'm really happy about that my son Moses and there were giant M's by everything he circled he wants 12 Nerf guns 12 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 <laughs> not two not one not even five. The boy wants 12. And and why are there 12 Nerf gun ads in the top? Maybe, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I'm scrolling through. And, you know, you really, you really learn a lot about your kids when you see what their little hearts desire. When I came to the USB cable, I thought, hmm, what's going on in Haven that this is what she wants? But she wants it nonetheless. I think last year she wanted like some china like the the china uh plates and um i'm like well I, it must have been like a, a snowman or something on it that she was drawn to anyway just so you know over here my kids are already thinking about christmas and moses actually thinks that we're gonna buy him 12 nerf guns and um we're not <laughs> we're not gonna do that <laughs> so that's what's going on in my world you guys listen <laughs> it's it's tough when those magazines come in because their little their little eyes see things that they're just not going to get for Christmas. We're not buying 12 Nerf guns. Anyway, that's what's going on in my world. After the break, we are going to hit hard uh, the wilderness once again. And we are going to talk about what looks like the wrong direction is probably the right way. We'll see you in just a second.
Are you new to this whole Jesus thing and don't know where to start? Or maybe you've been following him for a while and you want to dig deeper into the Word of God. Then you've come to the right place. Each month, Autumn hosts an online, in-depth Bible study through Facebook Live called The Jesus Initiative. The Jesus Initiative is a monthly spiritual challenge to anyone willing to join and grow deeper in their faith. She covers topics such as how to wait when waiting is hard, moving forward in faith even when you're terrified, and how to combat the spiritual warfare in your mind. Autumn's desire is to help break down complex topics in a way that's easy for everyone to understand and implement into their everyday lives. The goal of the Jesus Initiative is to tackle real-life topics in a real-life way, grounded in the Word of God. Understanding the things of God doesn't have to be hard. If you're a believer who wants to grow in your faith and strengthen your relationship with God, these Bible studies will challenge you in all the right ways. Simply search Autumn Miles on Facebook or follow her on Instagram at, at Autumn Miles and click the follow button so you can stay in the loop for when the next Bible study starts. Okie dokie, guys. We are back. Um, I'm going to call this week four of the wilderness. I did this message last year. It's a reprise, just in case you're like, I've already heard this. You have already heard this. You're right. You have. You're so smart. I am, however, going to add some guts to what I talked about last year because I think people miss, miss what God wants to do in and for them because of what the ask of the Lord looks like. Okay. Let me just read my first text and then we'll get right into it. I read this a couple weeks ago when I did a whole message on this last year. But in the wilderness, as God is leading them, uh, the nation of Israel in the wilderness, Exodus 13, 17 says this. Now, when Pharaoh had let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though it was near. For God said the people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Hence, God led the people around by the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea and the sons of Israel went up in martial array from the land of Egypt. Okay. The whole thing I want to talk about today is this, what looks like the wrong direction is probably the right way. In the wilderness, there is, um, God does things like this, where he takes us away that doesn't seem to match what he said initially, okay? When God spoke to Moses um, at the burning bush, and I'm, I'm not going to read it to you because I have too many scriptures for today, but what God said to Moses at the burning bush is, I'm going to deliver you and I'm going to take you 
into the land of Canaan. Okay, he told Moses exactly what his job was going to be. That's what was fed to the nation of Israel. So as Moses and Aaron went before Pharaoh 10 times to say, hey, let God's people go. And they said, no, the whole time during that duration of time, Israel thought we're leaving here and we're going straight over to Canaan. And that honestly was God's plan to do. But Canaan was not going to be reached the way that Israel thought it was going to be reached. Okay. I, I want to camp on this a little bit because I believe that a lot of people are not reaching their Canaan's where God is saying, I'm going to take you here. You're going here. This is your final destination because they aren't humble enough to go a different way. I talked a long time to Amanda, who uh, does the content production of the show this morning about this specific topic. God gave me years and years ago a vision for the ministry, a vision for exactly what he wanted me to do. But I thought in my naivety and in 2003 that it would be a straight shot. I would get the vision and then, um, you know, the next year I would be doing conference ministry. That's That was how naive I was in my walk with the Lord, okay? I thought, oh, he gave me the vision. It's going to happen ASAP because God could do anything. That's not what happened. There was a wilderness process that God took me through that prepared me for that conference ministry. And, and now he always said, don't just camp on conference ministry. I want you to leave your, your hands open because I'm going to do a lot more than just conference ministry with you. Um, and so I knew that uh, he wanted me to do conference ministry, but it would my ministry would also include a lot of other things. I've got to be honest. There were no podcasts in 2003. It wasn't even a thing. So God has actually created opportunities in ministry that he knew was coming that he saw that he couldn't even tell me about because it wasn't even happening. Or if it was happening, I certainly didn't know about it. I don't even think it was happening in 2003, y'all. We were like, it was the stone age back then in the digital age. But here's the thing. God gave me the vision. This is what I want you to do. And then all of a sudden, I experienced detours. I experienced loss. I experienced a lot of things that seem to contradict exactly what God said. God would ask me to do something, and it seemed so stupid when he asked me to do it. It seemed like it contradicted progress. But the wrong direction to me was the right way to God. And what I'm trying I want to tell you today is don't be so prideful to listen to what seems like the wrong direction to you because it is the right way to God. I want to, you to put yourself in the position of the Israelites, okay? They, they just saw, you know, water turned to blood, flies everywhere. They saw, you know, the angel of, the angel came to kill all the firstborns. It was, it was crazy what they had just seen. 
frogs everywhere. I mean, it was gross. It was really gross what they what they had just seen. And here they are at a point of deliverance. God is not delivering them directly into Canaan. He's delivering them directly into the wilderness. We already talked about the fact that God leads us into the wilderness. Everyone knew where Canaan was. This was not like some obscure, weird piece of land. Everyone knew where it was. They all knew about Abraham. They knew about Isaac. They knew about Jacob. And they definitely knew about Joseph because Joseph is why they're all in Egypt to begin with. So listen, they knew where Canaan was. They knew it was close. They knew they could get there in about 11 days journey. All of them, all million or two million of them could get there in about 11 days journey. They knew that. So what happens when God stands up and tells Moses through Moses, speaks through Moses and says, ah, we're not going that way. We're not going to go the easy way. We're not going that way. We're going, let me read it again. The people, uh, hence God led the people, Exodus 13, 18, around the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea and the sons of Israel went up in martial array. He, uh, let me go back. Let me go back so I can get it. God did not lead them, verse 17, by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though it was near. I thought when God said conference and ministry, it was near. I didn't factor in the weirdness of the wilderness that I needed to walk through in order to get to conference and ministry. In my head, I just wanted conference ministry. I definitely didn't want the wilderness, but God knew I needed the wilderness in order to get to conference ministry. When God gives us a place where we're going, Canaan, Israel, you're going to Canaan. There's a wilderness attached to it that most of the time we don't even factor into the vision because we're, for some reason, um, not thinking that we need it. When Moses stood up and told the nation of Israel, we're going to go a different way. We're going to go the long way. I want you just for a second, it doesn't talk about it in the text, but knowing Israel the way that we do and um, knowing how they like to complain, what do you think their response was? Hey guys, we're going to go the long way. I know we just saw frogs and all sorts of weird stuff and locusts and all the things and everybody died in Egypt. I know that we all just all, all saw that stuff. And I know we could go the easy way. I know, I know we could. I know we could just walk over there and we could be there super, super quick. I know we could get to Canaan. Everyone knew where Canaan was. I wonder if some people, like this is like a tangent, but I wonder if some people just tried to go to Canaan themselves. You, you, think, you think they broke off from the whole nation and went? I bet they did. Okay. that's Sorry, that's one of my brain tangents. And they made it in like 13 days and they looked back and they're like, wow, you guys are slow 40 years later. Anyway. What do you think the response was from the whole nation when Moses said, we're going to go in what looks like the wrong direction? Do you think they were happy about that? Do you think they were excited? Yay, longer. I love the wilderness. It's so fun. (laughs) No. I bet they, no, I'm sure there were some people that were like, yeah, let's do it. I love road trips. Haven the other day, she was like, mom, when are we going to go on a road trip? I love road trips. And in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go on a road trip. I hate road trips. 
I just love road trips, mom. When are we going to go on a road trip? And I'm like, I don't know, babe. I don't know. But she's like, we got we got some havens in the nation of Israel for sure. They're just loving a road trip. But then there's people like me that want to get on a plane and get their ASAP. I wonder what the response was. Wait, what? You're delivering us from 400 years of bondage only to take us the long way? Don't you think we've already been the long way? You know there was some mouthy people in the nation of Israel. What are you talking about? Go the long way. Haven't we already been the long way? And and we see it said later in chapter 14 about them moaning and complaining to Moses and Aaron before they even crossed the Red Sea. Even though they wanted to go the short way, it wasn't the right way. And I have a burden for those of you out there today that God has said, you know, this is where you're going. Sometimes God's really good and he'll give us a picture of where we're going. And that's kind of all he tells us. Like we can have vision, stuff like that. That's really all he tells us because he knows if he tells us every single twist and turn along the way, we might get so frustrated we give up on the whole vision. I want to submit to you something today. I think we've lost this be- this beautiful thing of humility before the Lord. Can I say that to you? Can I say that as like a big sister or a mother or a grandma? No, not grandma. I'm not that old. <laughs> Can I say that to you as someone who loves you? Are you humble enough before the Lord to trust him enough? To take you what seems like the wrong direction to you, but is actually his right way. God asked me to do, me and Eddie, to do this a couple of years ago. He said, you know, we've done a lot of stuff. (laughs) Eddie and I, we've just done a lot of stuff. Been in ministry forever and ever and ever. And and the Lord really challenged our hearts and said, listen, um, I'm going to ask you to do something that is weird. That looks like a backward step. That looks like a side step. That looks like you're literally turning around and going in the wrong direction. Because I just want to see if you trust me like you say you do. And so we did. We took uh, this really big, what seemed like a back step. And it's amazing what... We took a step of faith backwards, what seemed like backwards, but now two years later, I can look and see, wow, no, that was actually God catapulting us into where we sit today. Are you humble enough to say, I've achieved this, or I feel like I am at this level when God says, I want you to take a step back. I want you to turn around and run maybe in a direction that doesn't look like it's the promotion. It actually looks like a demotion. Are you humble enough to say, it looks like the wrong direction, God, but I'm going to trust you that it's the right way. We've, I think we've lost, you guys, in the age of how many followers do I have and how many views do I have and how many this and how many that. There's not a lot of humility in that. What's my platform look like? I get it. I get, I get the fascination. I understand. But in this era of likes and views and social and all of the stuff and platforms and all of the stuff, 
make sure you're not carrying that into your obedience with the Lord. Because he will ask you to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that he will lift you up in due time. I think we've lost some of that. I love you, but I'm not, I'm not meaning to, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> I'm just speaking from my heart. I want you to be humble enough and surrendered enough to say, yeah, I've achieved this. But Lord, if you ask me to take a demotion, take a step back, I'll do it. Because I trust that what looks like the wrong direction to me is actually your right way. I want to show you a couple people in scripture that actually did do that. One of them, we're going to go 400 years earlier to my boy, Joseph. Um, I did a whole series on prisons and Joseph starred uh, in it. So I don't want to take too much time in this. But I do want to remind you uh, just of his story. Um, obviously he was one of the, uh, sons of Jacob. He had a dream. The sheaves would bow down to him and y- you know, all the things he definitely had a dream. God gave him a vision for what was coming. His brothers, however, absolutely hated him for it. And what did they do? Let me get to the, let me get to the text here. His brothers Genesis 37, 11. His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind, kept the dream in mind. Then his brothers went to pasture their flocks in Shechem. Israel said to Joseph, or Jacob said to Joseph, are not your brothers pasturing the flock in Shechem? Now remember another word for wilderness is what? Pasture. Okay, so this is pretty, uh, probably interchangeable there. Come, I will send you to them. And he said to Joseph, I will go. Verse 14. Then he said to him, go now and see about the welfare of your brothers and the welfare of the flock and bring back word to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron and he came to Shechem and he found him. And behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked, who are you looking for? I'm looking for my brothers. Okay. They found the brothers, verse 18, Genesis 37, 18. When they saw him, the brothers saw him from a distance. And before he came close to them, they plotted against him to put him to death. Then one said to another, here comes this dreamer. Listen, he had the vision. He had the dream. Joseph, I'm sure, thought I had this dream. I've had it a couple times. I'm going to go from Joseph, the brother of the son of Jacob, to this dream, and everyone's going to bow down to me. I am pretty sure that Joseph did not foresee him being sold into slavery by his brothers. But that's exactly what happened. Verse 20, 37, 20. Now then come, the brothers are saying, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. And we will say a wild beast devoured him. Then let us see what would become of his dreams. Isn't that interesting? Let us just see. We are going to downgrade this boy, throw him in a pit. Let's see what comes of his dreams. I feel like the enemy is speaking to you right now. 
and God has given you this weird demotion, sidestep, what looks like a wrong direction to you. He's saying, I want you to walk in this direction. And you're talking to him and saying, what? What's going to become of my dream if I go into this pit? What's going to become of my vi- the vision that you gave me for my life if I go into this pit? I feel like the enemy is having a field day with you because you can't actually see what God is trying to do in this uh, step that he's asking you to take, which would look like to you the wrong direction. They threw Joseph in a pit. He was then sold into slavery, which brought him directly to Egypt. So what looked like the wrong direction to his dreams, his brother even said, let's see what's going to happen to his dreams, was actually God maneuvering him to the very place that he was going to lead some years later. He then gets positioned in Potiphar's house. Then what happens to him? He gets accused falsely of having relations with Potiphar's wife. And what happens to him? He was taken to prison. He went from pit, transferred him over to Egypt. He worked for Potiphar. God gave him favor in Potiphar's house until this whole wife situation happened. Potiphar threw him in prison for a couple of years. He stayed there. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to Joseph and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. He became number two in prison. No one in their right mind would think, wow, Joseph has this huge vision that God has given him this huge dream that God's given him for for his life. Okay, he's going to experience a pit. He's going to experience a prison. He's going to experience being forgotten. Um, but then one day, all of a sudden, he's going to be standing before Pharaoh. So Pharaoh can tell him about his dream and Joseph can interpret it perfectly. And in that instance, he will be catapulted number two in the entire land of Egypt. A pit looks like the wrong way to someone that has a vision. A prison looks like the wrong way to someone that that has a dream on their life. And yet it was the exact things that God used to catapult him into number two in Egypt, which consequently allowed him to fulfill the exact dream that God gave him as a boy. What looks like the wrong direction to you, my dear friend, in your wilderness is the right way to God. If God is saying, take this demotion, take this step back, wait, go through this trial, go through this test. Do you know you're on the journey to your Canaan? I feel like because people don't want to go through the pit and the prisons and the the long way, they miss their Canaans because they get so impatient for the dream 
and they go into their, they make it happen. They force it to happen and they walk into their Canaan ill-equipped to handle Jericho, AI, the beast there. They go in there and they're ill-equipped. They don't have the intelligence. They don't have the surrender to the Lord. They don't have the, the complete and total trust. They don't have the reverence for the Lord. They don't have the humility before the Lord to even listen to him. They charge through because they don't want to go what seems like the wrong direction. They just want to get there the fastest way with no trials or tests. Let me encourage your heart, my friends. If God is asking you to take a weird, weird step, a demotion, a step back, Maybe he wants you to sell your house and move it into an apartment. Doesn't that seem backwards? Yeah, it does. But if God is telling you to do it, there is a reason for it. The reason that God told the Israel, I'm going to take you the long way, is because he did not want them to completely stop. Let me let me uh, read it for you here in um, Exodus. Let me read it for you here. The people might change their minds. Verse 13, 17, Exodus 13, 17, when they see war and return to Egypt. The reason God took them the weird way is because he wanted them to actually make it to Canaan. He didn't want them to change their minds. He wanted them to get there. There is reasoning behind God saying, take this step back. Take this sidestep. Take this weird way. Take the long way. There is reason behind it, guys. There's so much purpose in it. It's actually progressing you to where God wants to take you, which is your Canaan. I have a heart for humility before the Lord today. I just, I just have a heart for that. Guys, I've watched a lot of people not be humble before the Lord. And, you know, you know, take the, take this how you will. If you're mad at me or you feel frustrated or whatever, you know, that's, that's all right. I just feel like I need to say it. Moses calls himself, this is hilarious, in numbers, the most humble man that ever lived. He wrote that about him on his own self. He was humble enough to look at God when he said, I'm going to take you the long way. And he was humble enough to say, okay, if that's what you're telling me to do, that's what I'm going to do. We're losing this. We're losing this. Sometimes progress looks like regression for a second. Are you humble enough to take that step back? so that God can catapult you forward. That's what he did to Joseph. If you feel like you've kind of been fighting that, I want you to just sit before the Lord and say, God, I've been fighting this and I trust you. No one wants to go through a wilderness and yet God leads us all right there at one point in time. No one wants it. I've been fighting this. I'm not going to humble myself. And I'm going to trust you. And his compassion will come in like a flood. You have to trust him with the step backs. You have to trust him. We walk how? By faith. 
and not by sight. I'm so glad we don't walk by sight. My gosh, look at the world today. I don't want to walk by sight. I want to trust that there is a God in heaven that is guiding and leading my family and myself Because if I look at what we're facing in the world today, I will get depressed in an instant. You are walking by faith and not by what you see. God doesn't have to have faith because he is the faithful one. He is the one that that cashes in your faith. He doesn't need faith. He knows he is faithful. So God looks at us with his sight while we trust him by our faith. If he's asking you to take a step back, he sees where he wants to take you and when he wants to get you there. You just have to trust him in it. So Lord, we love you today. I thank you that this word I've lived (laughs) so many times. I thank you, Lord, that you have always been faithful. Step backs are uh, nerve wracking. They're frustrating. They don't make sense to us, God. They just don't. They just don't make sense. So, God, whoever you're asking out there to to take a weird step, a side step, a back step, a long way to start over just feel like someone in my spirit, God is asking you to start over. Maybe you've just been divorced and you had a successful profession and now all of a sudden you're a single mom. Trust the Lord. Maybe you just lost your business and you need to go back to waiting tables or whatever it is. Trust the Lord. What looks like the wrong direction could be the right way. Lord, I just pray for all of those that you're bringing to my heart, even as I'm praying, Lord. Give them the grace and the courage to do exactly what you're saying so that you can progress them to their Canaan. We all have a Canaan, God, and I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you guys so much. We have got a question and some stories from y'all after the break. So I hope this encouraged you. Oh, it was so, so heavy on my heart this past week. I will see you after the break in just a sec. Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the Word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she's passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. 
Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. Okay, so <laughs> I, I don't really want to con- to continue my message, but just as we were talking in the break, Jesus, listen to what Jesus did. Jesus, son of God, humbled himself, humbled himself, wrapped himself in flesh, as we're going to talk about all the whole month of December, and took what? we all think is crazy (laughs) what everyone else would think this is the wrong direction for you Jesus he humbled himself came down to earth became the God man fully God fully man so that he could die for us if that doesn't look like Someone taking the wrong direction, which is actually the right way. Guys, I don't know what does. (laughs) Jesus humbled himself. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father. King of kings. Lord of lords. Savior of all. We're here because of him. If that didn't prove my point, you know, I quit. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. Anyway. I'm obsessed with this message. I just uh, have such a heart for for you guys out there. Okay. Okay. Get it together, Autumn. Get it together. This was a really, really great question that we got in from a follower. I want to just make sure that I have this this passage of scripture right. You you guys ask such good questions. And I want you to know that when I say something, it's, it's always from a Bible verse. Like I'm not just shooting from the hip. This person asked this question. I don't have a name for it. I'm not exactly sure why I don't have a name. But in one of my recent videos, one of you asked, what does it mean when someone says God cannot lie? And Amanda had uh, listened to the video. I said God cannot lie in the video. Um, What would a lie from God even look like? Which is actually a really good question. So I'm really, really glad that you asked this question. When I say God cannot lie, it's not me saying God cannot lie. I'm not, I'm saying that because that's what the Bible says. In Numbers 23, 19, it says this and actually says it in a couple of places in the Bible. It says, God is not a man that he should lie. It also says it in Hebrews 6, 18 um, and in Titus 1, 2. God says to us himself through his word, God does not lie. So that did not come from me. What a lie from God like uh, look like? I don't know because he doesn't lie, which is great because you can always trust him. What God does talk about in the scripture is Satan being the father of lies, okay? So we have two uh, supernatural beings, obviously God and uh, the enemy, Satan. One cannot lie, and one has built his whole kingdom on lies, which 
I'm very grateful for the fact that God tells us over and over and over again, he does not lie because that means that we can trust him. So when I make those statements and stuff like that in videos or whatever it is that I do, it always comes from something I've read in scripture or something that God's teaching me or whatever. I do want you to know that that came directly from scripture. I just didn't say that. I have a biblical text to back that up, as I think everyone who teaches the Bible should. <laughs> uh, so very, very good question. I love it. I like the really intense questions, but then I also like these. So send them in. You can DM me, hello at autumnmiles.com, email, uh, send, no, write a comment on one of my posts or something on social, and we'll get it to you. Uh, okay, what is God doing in your life? I actually have two right here. One of the stories says this, I was married to a man for 17 years. I'm now divorced for seven years. I have three children and God has allowed all three of my children to graduate high school and I am so proud of them. I thank the Lord every day and he deserves all the praise. What had happened in this person's life is apparently uh, they were married and the man went off and basically created another family and the Lord has been with her and now all three of her children have graduated high school. So that is a huge praise rapport. I totally understand having two kids in high school myself what an amazing accomplishment is. So thank you. Thank you for sending that in. It doesn't matter what man does to us. If God is for us, who could be against us? Um, sometimes he allows us to walk through incredibly crippling, debilitating things. And we still can see his hand guiding us through them. You're not responsible for someone else's decisions or choices or whatever. You're responsible for your own faith and for how you're going to uh, trust the Lord to get you through what God has given you to handle. So it's just so amazing that you're praising God after such such heartbreak. There's another one I want to read too. I've been waiting on a promise from God for over two years now, and it's hard to wait. It's hard to wait on a promise. I was sitting and praying for confirmation, and I opened up Facebook, and this post was the first thing that I saw. Um, it's from Habakkuk 2.3, though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay was the post. Thank you, God. He also gave me the same scripture to read about one year ago. I can see God's promise coming. Listen, his promise is coming. His promise is coming, you guys. Thank you for writing in. I love hearing what God's doing in your life. We're a fruitful family, okay? We all have things that God is working in and doing. I want to hear from you. Let us know what God's doing in your life so I can share it with the world. Let's praise him. Let's praise him through... Uh, celebrating what God has done. Just like the, the guy who was healed of leprosy, he came back and he thanked God. Let's be that person. Let's not be the person that God did something for and we don't even acknowledge it. Or we don't even tell people that he did it. Listen, if God did something in your life, tell me so I can tell everybody else. Let's praise him because he is so, so good. And he is so intimately acquainted with all of our ways. Okay. Love you, family. I will see you next week. I cannot wait. I'm super, super excited about continuing our uh, wilderness series. Um, I'll see you then. Have an awesome week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available. 
From her books and past episodes to her video series, we've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today and be sure to join us next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.